White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is at Ecknerwall23. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to leave us a voice message, which is very important for the next couple of shows, 312-566-8727 is the way you can call us and leave a voice message. Haven't heard from you in a long time, Paul. Correct. Let's go. And LockedOnSocks at gmail.com, like some people have done already, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com to leave us an email. Without any further ado, it is always great to introduce Chris Tannehill, <laughs> and it's always better to take two out of three from the Minnehota Twins. Yeah, Chris, how you doing? You're goddamn right. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turtle Bridge Division Street. Let's go. And a quick note about the email. We would like to hear from you guys. We have one more show to do before the week ends here, and we would like to hear your guys' emails, voicemails, whatever. You know, Herb just gave out the the vitals there, LockedOnSox at gmail.com, 312-566-8727. We are almost there at a mailbag episode for Friday. We like to look ahead with our Friday shows because that way you guys can dive into them all weekend and, you know, you can interact with the show all weekend. We don't keep it game-specific because with the White Sox being off today – we like to do that mailback episode and have that ready for you tomorrow with the uh, the early uh, East Coast time in Balmer, Maryland. And so we would like to hear from you guys if you have time to reach out to us. You can ask us about anything. Uh, we've got a lot of baseball questions. If you have any random things you want to ask us, now is the time to do it. You know we're pretty accessible. We never back down from the tough questions, so to speak. So hit us up on that. Uh, we begin today with episode 271 with some news uh, Yasmani Grandal did have surgery yesterday on that torn knee ligament, and he posted to his Instagram, Yasmani did, saying, second half is the fun half. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Don't believe me? Just watch. And he's uh, watching uh, White Sox pregame or postgame, whichever one it was, and he's got... Uh, quoting Bruno Mars? <laughs> yeah, it's certainly... I don't... Was that a song from uh, Bruno Mars? Was that about the second half of a baseball season? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Yeah. Uptown up, funk you up. Yes. Up, Bruno. Uptown funk you up. Bruno, over here. It's Grobber. Uh, very inside <laughs> joke there to begin the show. But uh, Grandal did have surgery, so hopefully he will be back, and he seems pretty confident by those words there, unless maybe that was just uh, putting it out there for his teammates to see, like, oh, he's totally coming back, and then we never see him again in 2021. But I, I'm confident. Uh, so, you know, maybe they, they elected to have that surgery uh, in order to, you know, just make sure he was back in a timely manner. So um, usually surgery is not the, the first option. So that's not encouraging personally, but I am not a doctor, obviously, as I sit here in my basement doing a White Sox podcast, but you didn't need me to tell you that. Um, and then other news today, stunning news. 
If you're a White Sox fan, this is something we had talked about, and we even got an email from our guy Mike Victor last week about this particular topic. Adam Eaton, DFA'd. Oh, boy, that was, a, that was a shocker today, Herb. What you think when you heard that Adam Eaton news? I was beside myself. As we said, when Mike sent that email, I was like, there's no way that they spent all this money, $7 million, bringing this guy back, and then DFA him. And this was more of, hey, Aloy and Robert are back. Who are they going to DFA? Are they going to do it to Adam Eaton? I was like, no way. And they did it much quicker than I thought they would. And, like, very callous. I mean, it's very on the road, in the middle of a road trip. <laughs> they man fit. just batted leadoff, so they he's f- probably feeling, man, I'm feeling great. They fisked him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's weird. It's very, very weird that they DFA'd him. Everybody who's a White Sox fan pretty much saw that Adam Eaton wasn't the guy that left here or that helped Washington to a World Series championship. That guy is way gone. And the injuries this year, I mean, this year early, he was doing some good stuff. And yesterday he had RBI single or a couple days ago he had RBI single. So, yeah, he was contributing a little bit, but way down on average. His defense was just negligible. Not a guy that probably wasn't great in the clubhouse. You know, he's always had problems with people in the clubhouse from Miguel Montero here with Todd Frazier. And I didn't hear any th- stuff with the Washington Nationals, but, you know, he's a, kind of a prickly guy. So I was surprised that they did the move that had to be done because they have a they have a surplus of outfielders now, especially with Gavin Sheets on the team and Billy Hamilton and Goodwin playing well. And they're probably already seeing that. Aloy and Robert are going to come back. So let's just uh, take this medicine right now, cut them, give them his three and a half million for the rest of the year and uh, move along. We should all be so lucky. Yeah, we had Gordon Beckham on the score yesterday, and he had talked about his brief two seasons playing with Adam Eaton. And uh, Danny Parkins asked him if if he liked Adam Eaton, and he and and Gordon Beckham responded, "Well, he's a spark plug." Um, <laughs> so that that tells you all you need to know. And he said it was not necessarily a bad thing, but you know he's not afraid Adam Eaton to get in your face if if he feels you're not you know. Uh, accountable for your actions and I try to do a little sleuthing today and from what I heard it was nothing really related to the clubhouse aspect of it I think we would have heard stuff like that and uh, you know this clearly was a guy that's not healthy and I can't recall any stretch other than maybe opening day where uh, he came on strong with that big home run there in Anaheim but I don't remember any stretch where Adam Eaton looked like he was healthy playing good clean baseball usually the defense is an indicator you know defense was nothing special out there you know granted with the the first month of the season you had Luis Robert out there uh tracking balls in center field but so he has less room to roam but yeah he just he never looked as fluid as as we have because we've seen Adam Eaton when he's at his best and granted it it's not often that he's uh, healthy and at his best because the injuries have just plagued his White Sox tenure anyway but yeah it, it was a surprising move to me because of the money aspect I did not think they were going to do this and we talked about this very early on when Adam Eaton was signed he was the the first position player signed by the White Sox in the offseason and now he's DFA'd which is really a wild turn when you think of it so it's either a testament to how unhealthy he actually is or it's a testament to how confident they are in these young guys or it's a precursor to a move forthcoming which uh, maybe that that could be part of it too but there was always that power struggle that we envisioned was Adam Eaton a Tony La Russa 
uh, signing? Was he a Rickon signing? And I'm not trying to deflect blame. I'm sure when Rickon speaks about this publicly, whenever that is, it, he'll take the blame for it. But this, this, it, you know, I thought we were done with the old Sox ways when when they signed Adam Eaton. And you can go back and listen to that show. It was Lance Lynn trade and Adam Eaton signing on the same show. And you can go back and hear our thoughts on the Adam Eaton thing. I said if he was healthy that it could work, but it just it was baffling to me because I thought the Sox were done with their old way of thinking. And it was kind of the best of both worlds. Uh, you know, the, the Sox old thinking by having a guy around, but then, oh, here comes new Sox. Get your ass out of here right now. And that was that was the surprising thing to me because usually the White Sox are are, are loyal. You see guys who, who get chances over and over and over again, uh, but not the case with Adam Eaton. So it was a, kind of a baffling one. And I think it was really odd that they DFA'd him the night after or the morning after uh, leading him off. Tony, Tony let him off in that game the other night in Minnesota, and that was a weird one. Like how often is a guy, you know, is he good enough to lead off for you and then he's just DFA'd right after that. I don't know if Rick Hahn was taking his power back, taking back his ball club from uh, from from Tony there saying, look, you know, we don't mind having this guy on the roster. He's not often healthy, but he can help you when he is. But if you're going to deploy him like this, batting leadoff, like this, something I can't rock with. So I don't know how much that was a part of it, but it's something we'll, we'll never know, I suppose. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Rick Hahn will, will speak about it to, to some extent, but certainly a surprising move there. Um, we move on to the game itself yesterday. The Sox take two out of three. From the Twins, they win six to one. They improve their record to fifty-one and thirty-five, and now are a snowman up on the Tribe. Eight games, who dropped both ends of a doubleheader down in Tampa yesterday. They even got no hit, a combined no hitter in the second game. And good God, maybe I was right about that loss the other night, just being an absolute gut punch, being one of those things that'll rip your heart out as a ball club. You know, we we think we have problems here watching the White Sox, but the injuries that the Indians have had to their starting rotation uh, on a club that is not going to outscore you almost ever. But when you when you don't have your starting rotation out there and it's just it's a tough situation there, you hate to see it. But with an eight game lead, nothing is ever done. Uh, I'm never going to put the the nail into into the coffin here unless it gets uh, north of 10 games. Then I start to see, okay, you're in the rear view. Like I didn't even want to bury the twins until relatively recently. So uh, Cleveland, they're still they're still there, man. And I don't know what their injury situation is, if it's going to get any better anytime soon. But it's a nice cushion. And Rick Hahn has a, a lot of breathing room here uh, around the trade deadline and into the All-Star break. But good vibes uh, with this Twins game. Well, so we begin where we always begin with the man on the mound, and that's Lance Lynn yesterday doing Lance Lynn things. He, he was just awesome, you know, without his best stuff. But as usual, he puts his team in a position to win. And there was kind of a, a scary moment in that ball game for Lance Lynn, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, going over Lance Lynn's final line, for the White Sox yesterday in Minnesota, as I pull it up here, Lance Lynn takes the mound and he ends up going six innings, gives up four hits, just one run. It was earned three walks, six strikeouts, and his season earned run average is now below two. It's at one nine nine. What did you think of Lance Lynn's outing yesterday, Herb? He looked good, not great. Um, we were in the studio and discussing his fifth inning i think it was or his fourth the inning fourth he, yeah and the fifth wasn't really great struggled. either yeah the fourth was the one yeah yeah really struggled and didn't look like he could get through that inning and we were both surprised that he came back out for the fifth i thought it was the sixth inning at that 
at that time, but I realized that was the fifth inning where he came out and struggled again. But he spoke to it after the game, and it's like, yeah, I this is not the best I felt after a first half or after a start, but I just have the guts and guile and the know-how to not put a big number up on that board and get through those games where I don't have that good stuff. So this is a game that he, he showcased and he said, you know, the three walks weren't his, uh, weren't his best uh, outing. He had um, what the guy who hit the home run off of him, Larnick, Larnick, yeah, he had him struck out. There was a filthy pitch that he had a, uh, a strike that wasn't called by the home plate umpire. And then Larnick uh, launches one over the fence, but, Lance Lynn is a bulldog. He understands how to pitch, and that's probably more important than having great stuff. So, yeah, I mean, wasn't a great outing for him, and and no, no, uh, like it wasn't like he had great stuff. And I felt like, man, okay, he got through a couple of tough situations. I was shaky on him the whole day. Game score is sixty three. Seems nice. But the whole time I was watching, I was like, he's good, not great. Yeah, I think he only had nine swings and misses or something to that effect. And go back to that fourth inning, it was really concerning for me. I'm watching the uh, the game when we're doing our pre-show meeting at, at the score. And he, after the Larnick home run, he, he walks two, which is uncharacteristic of, of Lance Lynn. And Stoney speculated that maybe he was dealing with, the, with something out of the ordinary, whether it was an injury or just it felt off, didn't look right. Um, then I started to really lock in because I started to panic because I was like, oh, where would this team be in the second half without Lance Lynn? Um, you know, he starts wincing a little bit, I think, but I don't know if that could have been by via frustration and not necessarily pain. Um, and then the, the eyes begin to wander, looking for answers. You know, I'm waiting. I'm screaming at the TV, like waiting for someone to go out and talk to him, whether it's Ethan Katz or, or Sebi to go out to, and talk to him. God forbid Tony goes out there. Did it uh, seem he's missing <laughs> arm side a lot? Um, a lot of a lot of uh, balls like leaking into the right-handed batter's box. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know if that's if that's you know not knowing he didn't have his good stuff. If that's just pitching, uh, not timidly but cautiously when you know, like, because the velocity was not where it usually is. Like, I, no. I, it was high eighties, low nineties, and I know he's not a guy that's gonna blow you away with a hundo but like at least he can get it up there pretty good in the 90s and he didn't have any of that today really um so i don't know what's attributed to that but there seemed to be there was no questions to tony about it there was you know you mentioned what lance said about it so i guess nothing to be concerned about it's his last start before the break and hopefully with some rest uh, that big bastard can get back up and, and going for the second half so maybe they space space it out so he doesn't get have to pitch for uh, a couple weeks or whatever it is so that was that was concerning um, but then a couple big spots in that ball game in the fifth uh, where Nelson Cruz is up and at that point he's the go-ahead run and Lance is able to get him to pop up Nelson Cruz with not a good day uh, they, they those do happen for him he is allowed to not have a great day um, and Sebi goes out to talk to to Lance before that Cruz at bat and I, I just got to thinking about Sebi Zavala, who's played about six games here at the major league level, and there he is finding himself in an independent race, and he's catching for Lance Lynn, who is an absolute psychopath, and I mean that in the best way possible. Um, so, you know, I, we, as we look at these, this catcher situation going forward, who's going to stick? Are, are the Sox going to go and, and try to get a, a veteran catcher to, to back up Zach Collins? What do we think of Sebi? Uh, well, here is what Lance Lynn had to say after the game about uh, the game that Sebi called for him. I mean, I've not been here to see, you know, what they do in the minor leagues, but the guys come up ready to play. Um, you look at uh, Sebi today behind the plate was awesome. Uh, you know, we, 
I don't think we even worked together in spring training, maybe a bullpen once, but, you know, he's right on top of things. He knew exactly uh, what I like to do, how I like to do it, and we had uh, no issues whatsoever. Um, I just was lost command there for a minute. Um, so when you see like guys like that come up and, you know, obviously all the others that have come up and done what they've done so far, they're getting prepared to play and prepared to be productive at the big league level. And that's what it's all about if you want to win. Apologize for the audio quality that that's straight from the White Sox uh, media website there. They're obviously yeah, playing some music there, some tunes uh, in the background. And why not after the, taking two out of three from your division rivals? But but yeah, uh, you know, pretty uh, pretty rave review right there from one of your 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 bulldogs in Lance Lynn and, and what he was saying about Sebi Zavala there. So you know, I, I didn't see anything out there that that was concerning with with his game. He's you know, uh, he's not Grandal out there, but for a guy who's played six games at this level, and if he wants to stick, he's going to have to play good defense back there. And, and so far, uh, so good for Sebi. And uh, I would expect maybe we'll get to see him maybe once more before the break here. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, we move on from Lance Lynn to Garrett Crochet came into this ball game, And, uh, you know, Lance got some help from the bullpen. Cody Hoyer also appeared. But Crochet uh, comes in to bail out Hoyer. Um, and he faces Kirloff and Kepler, and he's able to strike out Kirloff on that just filthy slider, and then he's able to get Kepler to fly out. I thought that was an encouraging outing for Garrett Crochet there, and uh, and, and Jose Ruiz is able to get the save, and it's it's important to note that because, not the save, but he's able to, to finish out the game in the ninth. It's it's important because after Liam Hendricks pitches the two-out, the, the, the two-inning, six-out save on Tuesday night, Tony's faith in him as a, a multi-inning reliever is rewarded with a non-save situation the next day. So maybe that's like Tony can see that as a sign from the baseball gods to be like, hey, it's okay to throw Liam out there for multiple innings. So I thought maybe that, that'll be a good thing going forward in that sort of positive uh, you know, uh, affirmation for Tony that he can he can utilize Liam Hendricks in different ways. So I thought that was interesting as well and nice to have uh, the day off for Liam after what he did the night before. Um, and um, I just think the twins are just they're they tossed it in like the effort Larnick gave. I think it was in the third inning or at the top of the fourth inning. There's a ball hit right at him and he botches it. It goes right past him and he's jogging to the ball. He's not hustling after making a air there. They just gave up. Like, I think the Twins have mailed it in. They're 15 games below 500 before the All-Star break, and they have mailed it in. I wouldn't be surprised if the Minnesota Twins general manager, whoever's up there, Falvey, I don't know the, who's the general manager now, would relieve Rocco Baldelli of his duties because that team is lifeless. It doesn't care anymore. People are, like, Josh Donaldson didn't even play in this series. Like, he's just got some minor injuries not gonna play so like well, yeah done it's like what, done yeah man thad levine is the uh, gm up there and it's kind of weird because you have your your young bright manager and you have a relatively young core when you talk about buxton and kirloff and they're, they're the next wave of guys once they move on from cruz and donaldson you have a young core here and and, Rockefeller. and yeah the, the, Nick gordon yeah they're young guys and they're and they're coming up in this atmosphere where like you said just dogging it loafing it 
they're already buried here and it's not even the all-star break it can't be fun for sure but that's I, I would agree with you I think that's the, the the next domino to fall here for the Minnesota Twins you know especially after you know they they get lapped up in the division uh by everyone you know what I mean like at last place now I believe yeah. so you know it's not not a good look for the for the Twins who were the division winners last year so I, I think uh, you have a good point there and I, I also agree I think that's going to happen sooner than later I don't know what else you do there you know so they, they've got to make changes there before you lose some of these guys you know you don't want them coming up in this type of environment this is not what your culture is supposed to be about you're, you're out there getting your doors blown off by by the White Sox every time you play them practically you know and just non-competitive a lot of the time so we'll take a quick time out talk about the unsung heroes contributing once again that's next here on Locked on White Sox this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to Brad Fuller from the National Pro Fishing League tell you more. I've been a dipper of chewing tobacco for over 20 years. I have quit started and quit and started and now i found a product where i don't have to quit let me introduce you to fully loaded this product is food grade quality but it's not tobacco that means the nicotine that's in this is not from tobacco it's actually called tfn it's tobacco free nicotine so you still get nicotine but it's not from tobacco guys i've tried a lot of these brands and things like this before this is as close and as real to real tobacco as you're going to get you get all the benefits of it and what I like about it, they have great flavors, they have pouches, they have straight, they have long cut, and it actually dips like real dip. It comes in fully loaded, half loaded, and then the nicotine free. So you, you can walk yourself back and walk away from the nicotine. I love it. You're going to love it. And now Fully Loaded Chew is offering a Locked On Team listeners a special offer. Right now, you can try it just for $1. That's right, folks, just one buck. Go to www.fullyloadedchew.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's right, just $1 and free shipping if you use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. The next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew at fullyloadedchew.com. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Rock Auto. You know, friends, there's so many different makes and models of cars these days, it's become impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that your car is ever going to need. So why endure that often pointless or seemingly intimidating process of asking the person behind the counter if they have the parts that you need and they ask you the question like, is your Honda Odyssey an LX or is it an EX? And you don't remember. Uh, you just want to drive the thing out of there and make sure you're good. So why endure all that when you can get all the parts that your car is ever going to need at rockauto.com? For example, there's a, a rental car crisis going on in America right now. A lot of people are trying to find rental cars at their vacation destination only to find out that a lot of places have gotten rid of their fleets uh, during covid so, you know, my dad is looking to go out to California and he's trying to make sure that his car is running in tip top shape. So I told him he's buying all these auto parts coming up here. I said, if you're going to do that, go to rockauto.com because they're going to have all the parts that your car is going to need, no matter what make and model for your vehicle you're looking for. But best of all, you're going to save time and money when you go there because you don't have to go to one of these big chain storefronts and only to find out that they don't have the parts that your car needs. Plus, why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100 
100% more for the same parts from a chain store when you don't have to. Or even your car dealership, forget about it. RockAuto.com is a family business, friends, and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers like you and I online for over 20 years. They've got everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So if you're hitting the open road this summer, go to RockAuto.com. You don't want to get stranded out there. Make sure your car is running tip-top shape. You'll see all the parts available for your car or truck and do us this favor right locked on in the How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We'll get to the offense yesterday. A big day for TA, four for four, and he was just awesome. And this, we talk about him every time the Sox win. It seems like Tim is a big part of it. I did not like that shoulder first slide into mm. into second base in the first inning. What is your thoughts here? Whenever Tim gets on, and I hear that he's that he's taken off, you know, you know whether or not the the the, the hitter fouls one away and he retreats back to first base, or he's an all out trying to steal. I'm not a fan of that, folks. I don't need Tim Anderson out there getting hurt by by by, by for God's sakes, man. We we don't need that. I'm not a fan of head first slides or or diving back into the base like that. No, I think your most valuable tools are your hands and your fingers. I don't like him running at all. Like not even just you know, stealing. Yeah, I'm good on that. We don't need that. I mean, that's part of his game. I think that you take that away from him. You take something away from I hear you. the personality of Tim Anderson. But I would rather if he's going to do that, go feet first. I mean, you have, as we saw with, what was it? Uh, the Minnesota Twins guy. It was, I think it was a rise or Polanco last week where he's sliding head first. Tim's blocking it yeah. with his knee. And then Polanco slides right into Tim's shoulder. And luckily for Polanco, he didn't get hurt. But we've seen that time and time again. We've seen Chris Bryant do that. We've seen um, Mike Trout get hurt for a certain amount of time a couple of years ago. Those things you can't replace. Like you break your fingers, you break your wrists. You saw we lost three days of Yohan Mankata from just a fluke accident of him sliding head first and injuring his hand. These things are the most valuable thing as a baseball player because you're going to hit with them. You're going to feel with them. You need those. So I would rather him slide in foot first if you're going to be that aggressive base runner. Because this hand first thing, man, we saw Larry Garcia last year get hurt. I mean, what are we doing, guys? I understand this is what you've grown up doing, and this is how people who are base dealers or base runners get to the the base a little quicker. But it's not worth you, especially Tim Anderson, who's on a nine-game hitting streak, being out for any amount of time, especially if it's going to be extended. We are already rolling dice right now with him uh, being out there with all these injuries. I need you just hit station to station. And if you want to steal, foot first. Absolutely. And uh, the story of this game, once again, we've heard this one before, good pitching and key contributions from your role players. The, the, the Billy Hamilton thing that, you know, where, where he gets the double and then he's looking over in the dugout for Tim Anderson to look into to give him the, the signs there. You know, professionalism has long left this ball game, friends. But it was just funny moment where like he's like, no, 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 I'm looking for him. Where's TA? There he is. And then Tim is able to to double him home. Uh, you know, these guys are hitting the ball hard. Billy Hamilton's hitting the ball hard. Leary Garcia 
with a two-run shot. He goes three for four yesterday. And Twins fans, they must hate Leury Garcia because it seems like whenever the Sox play the Twins, Leury's getting a big hit. And I know it's because Leury has played against the Twins for 20 years, you know, so a lot of these are counting stats at this point uh, where, of course, he's going to get his against the Twins. He sees them 100 times a year uh, for 20 years. So, you know, these guys are just continuing to, to make contributions, man. And Jake Berger, also another guy today, um, he, he had two more hits yesterday. That double he hit, 107.5, 107.5 GCI off the bat to, to the opposite <laughs> field. Like Jake Berger looks like he's going to stick here. Looks like he, he can play a little bit. He can hit. He can hit the ball hard, too, and go the opposite field, which I, which I really like. So I don't know how he – Figures out in the fold here. I would imagine it's you know the the whole DFAing Eaton thing sort of uncomplicates that a bit. Maybe I, you know I know it's not the same position, but just maybe it's a spot on the roster. He's forcing the issue right now, and so far so good. Uh, we're about a week into Jake Berger's career, and I, I'm really loving what I'm seeing from the kid. And if the people at Sox Ops don't have Here's your fucking double burger already ready <laughs> for the guys, or at least Casey Affleck. Where's my double burger? <laughs> Something like that. You've lost. And yeah, it's good to see the kid. Len dropped that today Len, during the double. Hitting? Yeah, double burger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, it's good to see the kid hitting the ball with some authority. That ball that he hit for the double, I thought was a pop fly, but that guy's got some pop off the bat. And he's bigger than I thought he was, too. So, like, yeah, if he can find a way to man second base and do it at a, a good clip, somebody was asking me, can he take third base in Jake Berger? And Yoan moved to second. I was like, Yoan doesn't like second. You don't really want to do that with your veteran player, who's probably it's, your best player. It's what we right want to do, though. We want to do that, don't we? I mean, that's oh, my oh, guy. I would, I would love for that to be, yeah, to happen. But Yoan's like, mm, I'm good. And Jake so, made that great pick play. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. So he has the, the reflexes and the arm where you don't worry about it getting over there. Like, he looks a lot, you know, he looks very natural at third base. That's his natural position, you know. So, uh, you know, if he wants to stick here, he's going to have to learn to play second base at a higher level. Maybe they can tuck him away in right field and, and, and it won't be a, a total uh, abortion out there. You know, the Gavin Sheets thing, I don't know if he's going to stick. He's cooled off a bit and I would love the laugh, lefty bat to stay up here a while. But I, it looks like they're just making room for, for more of Jake Berger here. And I'm all for it, man. The kid's been uh, very, very impressive. Um any lingering thoughts here from this series against the Twins, other than uh, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you, Minnesota? If we see, we'll see him again soon enough. But uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm impressed. That was that was a nice series victory, and it doesn't seem like it. But the Sox in their last ten are seven and three. Like it seems like they had a really bad weekend and things were not going well. But here they are, man, just they keep continuing to win ball games and take series. Damn Tigers, just hot as hell. They just <laughs> took it to the White Sox. But, yeah, I'm happy that the White Sox too, took two out of three from the Minnesota Twins and now going to play another team that is not that great in the Baltimore Orioles on the road. So, yeah, yeah the White Sox are playing just good enough in this time where they're having a lot of people out. So, yeah, they're persevering. And this is resilience that you need as a team. Um, and I know people are, and this guy right here who's speaking right now, is really hard on Larry Garcia, but he has come through more often than not as of late. He's doing a great job. Now, 
Would I like to see Larry Garcia play the majority of games coming down the stretch? No, no. He's a perfect utility guy, perfect guy to play second every once in a while, perfect guy to give you some bats at right field. So he's doing well. I got to give him I give him shit when he does poorly. I'll have him give him kudos today. He was a double short of a cycle today, and it was good to see that Lori is contributing as of late. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll preview tomorrow's show next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. You know, baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action with our friends at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and even UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. And it's not just baseball you can bet on on a daily basis. Check out these cool products. Prop bets you can place at Bet Online. If you watched that hot dog eating contest out there in New York this weekend for the holiday and you pounded that over, you cashed in on that one. Shout out to everyone who reached out to me on that one. How about this? You can place a bet on who is going to testify at the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Or how about which TV network is going to host the Golden Globes? Or better yet, how about which country is going to be the first to be attacked by aliens? That's right. I'm not kidding, folks. It's all there for you at Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason and aliens head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts and don't forget our promo code locked on last show of the week let's end on a high note let's end on a fun note for our friday show her what do you say i want to i want to get your emails send them in now Send them in often, 312-566-8727 for the voicemail, 312-566-8727, and the email is LockedOnSocks, that's LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. We've, we've got a few questions about Lance Lynn, trade deadline, so if you have any other big picture issues about the White Sox, maybe you've got a, a draft question that we could forward to our guy James Fox and we can get you an answer by tomorrow as we do a little uh, draft primer. Uh, it's it's uh, our last show of the week. It's, I believe, my second to last show before I go up north on vacation. So, Canada? <laughs> not that far north, even though the, the borders are open again. I tried texting our guy, Dan McNeil, earlier and uh, no response. So, I think that means he's in Canada. They finally are letting uh, us Americans at back in. Yeah, at Cottage. They're finally letting the Americans back in up there. So, you know, it's funny. I did look at the road schedule because the wife and I were thinking about taking a trip somewhere and uh, we settled on Lake Geneva because I was like, oh, hey, what about seeing the Sox play in Toronto? <laughs> and then it took me like an hour before I realized <laughs> that they're playing in Buffalo. Um, uh, and no interest in going to Buffalo? Come no. On, we, you know, you guys didn't even uh, allow us to stop there when we drove to Cooperstown. I wanted to try uh, these <laughs> buffalo wings these. that I heard so much about. Yeah. So, you know, we didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, if you're thinking oh, we about. We were tired. It was like 10 hours into the drive. I was like, Ugh, fuck Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, Syracuse, too. <laughs> when you're that Always. far into a drive, you're like, you know what? I don't care about any of these little towns. Uh, but Sox are in Baltimore. Uh, if you're thinking about making that trip, I just happened to check right now on my Google Maps to see how long that drive was that Brendan McCaffrey and I went on. You were not on that trip. You were on the West Coast at the time, but that's a, about an 11-hour drive, and I can't believe we made that one after, uh, you know, the older we get, I think these drives, you know, I, I don't know if they're becoming easier, but if you're a Sox fan, just take the flight out to uh, to, to D.C. in the Baltimore area and uh, and check out the uh, Sox and O's. It's a great way to, to end the, all st- the uh, first half of the season. Uh, heading into the All Star Break, it's it's a great park, great food town. 
and uh, on a weekend series too. So uh, what's stopping you? Like I always say, no one ever laid there on their deathbed wishing they would have done less cool things. So I think Baltimore uh, falls into that category. So uh, uh, beyond that, that's all I got, Herb. Uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Yeah, and stop by the National Aquarium. It's a really great place in the Inner Harbor. Of course, get some uh, crab cakes. Go and see Tanny and Brendan's guy, Book Powell. <laughs> yeah, in, Boog- in center foul, oh. center field, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Book Powell's got his barbecue stand. Basically, if you played baseball in the seventies, if you hung around long enough, you will have a barbecue stand named after you uh, at the team's new ballpark. As we just visited Manny Sanguian's barbecue, uh, he was not there. I don't know if, what the deal was, was with that. I don't know if he's only there in Pittsburgh in the yeah. week weekend series, uh, but it was good. The pierogies were good, but yeah, Book Powell will give you a restaurant recommendation if you're out there. And he'll steer you away from certain areas uh, if he believes they're a little sketchy. <laughs> so, um, you know, so, yeah. But the Baltimore trip was was a, was a really nice trip uh, if, you're, if you're one to travel uh, and see the White Sox, who are in first place by eight games. Oh, boy, it's, it sounds good to say. So that's all I got. All right, that is Chris Tannehill. Follow him at Chris Tannehill, me, Ecknerwall23, Herb Lawrence, and our show is at Locked On Socks. Thank you for joining us tonight, and send in your emails, send in your text messages, send in your voice messages here to Locked On Socks.